Well, at least I know I got the right crowd. Here's the deal is that you, you want to have a collision with the will of God in your life. Amen? You want to have a collision with the will of God. God's will for your life is awesome. And, and, and you know, Romans 12, 2 says that uh, you're not to be conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove the will of God is good, acceptable, perfect. The Amplified Bible says so you can prove it to yourself. To prove means to examine, to look at, to understand, and, and to, to have an awareness that, man, this, this is what I need. I need God's will in my life. I need God's will in my life. See, a lot, a lot of Christians, uh, they, we're kind of weak here. Is it okay? This is Sunday morning, I know. Uh, uh, but is, is it okay if we just, uh, like, deal with some realities for a minute? See, a lot of us, we're, we're suffering in all kinds of areas of our life that we don't need to suffer in. You're, you're struggling in areas that you don't need to struggle in. You need victory. And you need to demonstrate Satan's defeat on a daily basis. The Bible says in John 16 that when he comes, speaking of the Spirit, it was before he had come, he has now come. But he said that when he comes, he's going to convince and convict the world and bring demonstration that the enemy of this world, Satan, has already been defeated. Sentence has already been passed upon it. And see, you, you, you are walking out your, uh, this life, you're on this journey, but you, you get to do it in victory. You, you, you are above only, not beneath. You're, you are, you're the headlight, not the taillight. Huh? You're blessed when you go out, and you're blessed when you come back. You, you are blessed in the city and blessed in the field. You've been equipped by God himself to humiliate hell. And, and see, and, and a lot of people end up in, in a place where, you know, uh, uh, they're weakened, you know, they're stressed, they're uh, filled with anxiety, they have worry, uh, you know, and, and they're fretful. And, and the deal is, is that, no, there's a different life that you need to step into. And, and, and you, you need to have God's word because, you, you know, God's will is not that you would suffer. God, God's will is, is that you'd rise above. It's the will of God that you have success. Oh, come on, somebody. It's the will of God that you have success. It's the will of God that your family has peace. It's the will of God that, that you prosper. It's the will of God that, that... Does anybody want the will of God? Man, I'm telling you, if you could just see a picture of the will of God for your life, you'd get a little excited. You know, all of a sudden, I sing because I'm happy. <laughs> Why? Because I know the will of God. Man, I know the will of God for my life. And, and, uh, but to have the will of God, you need to have the ways of God. And to know the ways of God, you need the word of God. See, because if you know the word of God, it'll direct the ways of God. You don't get to do life your way. Right? And, and I actually think we should rephrase. You don't need to do life your way. You get to do life God's way. And God's way is more life than death. More joy than sorrow, more peace than chaos, more hope than despair, more provision than lack, more healing than sickness. God's way is way better, okay? His ways aren't, aren't man's ways. He, he declares that in the book. You know, my, my ways are higher than yours. It's not a, it's not a put down. It's an invitation up. And, and, uh, and in order to get that, we, get, we got to get into the Word. You need to be in the Word all the time. You need to be, you know, and I'm not talking about reading chapters and chapters and chapters. That's a great spiritual discipline. But you need some verses that you're meditating you know, you need some life verses. You need to find some, some scripture that, uh, you know, like David said, man, thy word have I hid in my heart. And, it, and that's what's keeping me on the target. 
Man, that, that's what's keeping me uh, to, to hit the bullseye. I'm, I'm not wandering off the trail. I'm not getting lost. Why? Because I've hid your word in my heart. Some of us have hid God's word so well, we can't find it. And we, we, we need to get into that word of God, and, 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 and we, we need to hear it. That means to understand it, right? I, I need to understand the word of God. And when you begin to hear it, that's what opens the door for you to begin to receive it. You know, and, and it's not just a message that you want to send to somebody that you know on the other side of the state. No, no, that's for me. This is for me. I'm telling you, God's going to give you some stuff today. It's for you. And it can change the outcome of your life. But you have, to, you have to hear it. Then you have to receive it. And when you receive it and take it for your own, it opens the door. It, you have a brand new relationship with the Word of God. And suddenly, you begin to love it. How many know that when you start loving something, it changes stuff? Huh? Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing you love the most is, is going to change your life the most. You know, I had a great life. I was doing great. But then I ran into Shelby. And things got better. And I started loving Shelby. But let me tell you something. The more I loved her, the more it changed the way I was living. There were things that I did before I no longer chose to do. I didn't even want to do them. Hello? Uh-uh. Nope. Don't need that. You going with us? No. Why? Shelby can't go. Well, come with us. Can't do it. Why? Shelby's over here. It, see, you start loving something, and it changes the direction of your life. And, but love always leads to obedience. Because the thing you love is going to start making the decisions in your life. Right? Because your decisions now aren't based off of what you used to love. It's based off of what you now love. That's why Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart. Man, and, and, you know, to get to that place, you have to hear his word. You receive his, his word. And you begin to love his word, and then all of a sudden you can obey his word. If there's areas of God's word that you don't obey, it's because you've lost the relationship in that area of your life. You don't love him. You, know, you don't love him with all your heart. Why is it hard to give your money? Well, because your money's making your decisions for you. And when money's making your decisions for you and God isn't, well, then you love money more than you love God. Okay, well, he's going to talk about money. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about the thing that has your heart. I'm talking about what's Lord of your life. And the only, way, the only way to collide with the will of God is to live life the ways of God. The only way to do life the ways of God is to hear, receive, love, and obey the Word of God. So you got to get in the Word every day. Man, you got to get in the Word every day. It, yeah, it's, it's, it's trying to, to change my life. I, I, you know, my life, yeah, that's what he's going to do. He's going to change the way you think, which will change the way you feel, which will change the choices you make, which is going to change the actions you perform, which is going to change the habits that you develop, which is going to change the character that you possess, which is going to change the final result that you experience. And, well, what's that result? It's the will of God, and it is a great thing in your life. You want, look at somebody close to you say, you want the will of God. The only way to get the, word, the will of God is to get into the Word of God. So hold your Bible up. And just lift it up real high. Just whatever your device is today, push it up there. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. Say, I'm going to do what it says I can do. Say, I choose to do it. Say, I have an open mind. I have an open mind. I have an open mind. I have a teachable spirit. From this moment forward, I'm never going to be the same. I refuse to be the same. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Come on, give him one more shout, one more praise. Thank him. Amen. Look at somebody and, and ask him, what's happening in the wind? Look the other way. Say, what's happening in the wind? 
See, there's a really good chance that you and the people around you are in a place in life where the wind is actually blowing. Where, you know, there's almost always storms. Have you noticed? You, you know, life's not always simple. I mean, there, there are days, there are days where things are just calm. You know, there are days when, when, when life is easy. But if, if, if you're climbing, if you're climbing, if you're, if you're going to a, to a higher level, I gotta tell you something. There's probably some effort that's required. To get to the place that God's called you to go. Well, the Bible puts it this way in Matthew eleven twelve. It says, from the days of John the Baptist, even until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence. The violent take it by force. To get what God has for you, man, you got to get engaged. You got to go after it. You got to get a backbone, face the storm so you can carry the gold that you're created to carry. You know, so, so what's happening in that wind? What's going on with the wind? How come the wind's blowing? Sometimes we get frustrated. We get tired. I just want the wind to stop. Well, see, most of the time when that's happening is we've been distracted by the wind itself. See, when the enemy opposes what God is doing, that's actually an indicator that things are going well. Well, I don't like it. Well, that's not the point. See, uh, the point is, is that the enemy is, is trying to distract you because he doesn't, I don't know if you know this yet, but the, the enemy actually doesn't want you to collide with the will of God. The enemy wants to separate you from the will of God. So the enemy presents different ways of doing life. You know, Proverbs 14, 12, there's a way that seems right to you, but the end is all messed up. So you, you can't do life, again, the way you want. You have to allow God to direct the way. Well, how does that happen? By, by focusing on the end that he declared over you at the beginning. And see, as you, as you begin to discern the will of God, you begin to see a picture that he's painted of the end. If you could focus on the end, you won't be so frustrated in the middle. But because a lot of us have never heard what the end is, we get into the middle and assume we're finished. So we declare that we're, I'm done, and you're, but you're still in the middle. You're just in the middle. You, 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 don't let the wind distract you. Don't let the struggle, you know, deter you. Just realize that, you know what, greater is he who's in me. Greater is he who's in me. What good is that if it ain't greater than he who's in the world? Now, sometimes, sometimes you, you just have to stand up and, and just make the decision, I'm going to demonstrate the reality that God's empowered me. I have strength for all things. I'm ready for and equal to anything that comes my way through Christ who's infusing me with an inner strength. You have it. You have everything you need to live a life that pleases God. You have everything you need to demonstrate Satan's defeat. Look at somebody and tell them, I'm, I'm equipped. But I don't like the battle. Well, do you like the victory? Do you like the victory? Well, victory don't come without a battle. So, so, so to get a greater victory, you're probably going to face a greater battle. Well, just go for it. I'm headed for victory. I'm, I'm not going to be defeated. I'm not going under. I'm, I'm going over, and I refuse to look back. Hello, somebody. 2 Corinthians 10.3 starts out this way. These are familiar scriptures. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, our war isn't in the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds and casting down imaginations in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing it into captivity, every thought to the obedience of Christ. See, here's the battle. The battle's not out there. You, we, the, wind, the wind is a distraction. The battle's in your mind. The battle is in your mind. You, 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 if, you can, if you can beat it in here, if you can, if you can beat it in here, you, 
you, you'll beat it out here. But you got, you got to get the mind of Christ operating. you you got you to get out of the mind of the flesh. Paul said in, in uh, Romans 7, he said, I serve the Lord with my mind. And, and here's the deal. A lot of us, see, we, we've allowed ourselves to try, almost dis, disconnect our mind from it. But you're going to win in your mind before you win in your life. And if you can win in your mind, you can win in your life. If you can win in your mind, you can win in your house. If you can win in your mind, you can win in your finances. If you can win in your mind, you can win in your relationships. If you can win in your mind, you can win in any realm you need to win. You just need to win in your mind. See, here's our problem is that we face our future through the lens of past experience. And God, how many of you know God's doing a new thing? You know, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's new. Old things losing their grip. Behold, all things made new. And, and, but new, that word new means unheard of, not seen yet. So it's stuff that you haven't, you know, the Bible also says that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, neither has it entered the heart of any man. The things that God's prepared for those who love him. You have never seen it. You ain't never heard of it. It's not, not something that you conceived in your heart. These things are revealed by the Spirit. And, and uh, you know, and, uh, and the wind gets you to look at things that are perceived by the senses. Storm wants you to look at, at temporary things, but God's wanting to open your eyes to show you eternal things. He's wanting to show you something. Listen, if, if you get this, if, if you can just wrap your heart and mind around the reality that, hey, man, I, I can't be defeated. I can't be defeated. Psalms 119 verse 165 says, great peace have those that love thy law, and nothing can offend them. Nothing. Can't offend them. Well, I don't, I don't think I'm dealing with offense. See, you, 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 you need to meditate this. To, to meditate means to talk to yourself. You know, you, you, okay, great peace have those that love thy law. Man, I could use some peace. I, I, I could use some peace, and especially great peace, because great, well, that's, you know, we get the word mega from the word great, so mega is huge. It's, it's peace like God has peace. I would like that at my house. I'd like to have great peace. I would like to have great peace. Man, you know, all the promises of God are yes and amen, so I can have great peace. He said, great peace have those that love thy law. So what, what do I need to do? I need to build a relationship with the word of God so that I can begin to develop and have access to this great peace. And it says, and nothing, no thing, no thing. What are things? Things are words. Well, there's nothing that can be spoken that can come against me. There's nothing that can be uh, produced that can come against me. No weapon formed against me can prosper. Every tongue that rises against me, I can condemn. Nothing can offend me. But I don't have a problem with offense. Well, it's not talking about offense. It's off end. Nothing can take you off the end that he declared at the beginning. So if I have a, a relationship with the word of God, all of a sudden, I can begin to focus on the end. I can begin to imagine what it would look like if I was actually experiencing the, the will of God. I, I begin to use the imagination and any imagination that comes up and says, nope, that, the thing that God declared ain't going to happen because of this. Now I cast that down. I take every imagination captive. Why? Because my imagination is now riveted to the will of God for my life. And, and faith comes because I begin to hear the word of God and that faith begins to grow on the inside of me and faith is painting a picture on the canvas of my heart and I'm beginning to see with clarity because God is enlightening the eyes of my understanding that I might know the hope of my calling. And because he has enlightened the eyes of my understanding, I can now begin to see what God sees for my life. And since I see that, I refuse to look at that. Because I see that, I refuse to look at that. Because I see that, I'm not looking anywhere else. Why? Because, man, I, I'm telling you, the more I look at that, the more peace I have. You, you just need to be meditating the Word of God. Man, I don't know what picture pops in your head. 
You know, but most of us, you know, we, we have a tendency to look at the future, but through the lens of past experiences. So, so uh, we, we, God's doing a new thing, but I'm comparing it to old stuff. I'm comparing it to hurts, to wounds, to failures, to defeats. No, God's doing a new thing. See, if I said the word father, there probably as many pictures popping in our head as there are people here. And well, why? Because it depends on what we've experienced in the past. See, what kind of daddy did you have? Was he a good daddy? Then, then you get a good picture. Was he an evil daddy? Well, then you get an evil picture. What kind of thing did your dad do for you? Or maybe it's what did your dad neglect to do? And you begin to compare the future through the lens of past experience. You know, God said, I'm going to prosper you. And you begin to, to look at that through the lens of past experience. And, and your mind begins to try to dictate the picture that God's painting. But God needs you to get out of the flesh and receive revelation by the Spirit so he can actually show you what it is that he's going to do in your life. And, and, and you, need to, you, you need to take control over your mind. You need to stop allowing your mind to dictate the direction of your life based on what you've come through. See, all of us, because of the past experiences, uh, you know, we, we all come to, to Jesus broken. All of us. We, we, you know, man, I got to tell you something. It started in the garden. What, what happened there? Well, they lost their mind. They had the right mind, but because, because they were deceived, they, they, they partook of a tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and, and they locked onto a different mindset, a different system of logic. See, and, and, and God sent Jesus to reconnect us so that we could have the mind of Christ. And, and we're going to serve the Lord with our mind, but we got to get our mind right first. See, you got to think right. 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 Do you hear what they say? I got to think right. I can't listen to what they say until I know that I'm standing on what he says. You got to think right. See, a lot of us are thinking wrong. You think you're struggling with finances, but you're actually struggling in your mind. You think you're struggling in your marriage, but you're actually struggling in your mind. You think you're struggling with, with, with physical, no, you're actually struggling in your mind. You, you, you go to sleep at night, but you wake up tired. Why? Because you, you're not getting rest. Why? Because your mind is active all night long, and you're filled with fret and anxiety and worry and pressure and stress of life. It has you distracted. So you, you know what? The Bible says, well, here's what you're supposed to think about. If there's anything of a good report, if there's anything of virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, if, if there's anything that's just, anything that's pure, anything that's lovely, think on these things. And you're thinking, well, as soon as I get that junk handled, I'll begin to think on these just pure lovely things. You're thinking wrong. Look at your neighbor and say, there is a chance. You think wrong. See, the devil, the devil, and, and we, do, we have an enemy, and, and, and the devil, he, he wants you to quit in, in your mind. See, the devil wants you angry in your mind. The devil wants you depressed in your mind. He, he wants you resentful in your mind. He wants you broken in your mind. He wants you hopeless in your mind. The devil wants authority over your meditation. Why? Because if you begin to meditate the truth, it's going to show you a different 
picture. It'll, it, it'll paint for you a picture of a future. It'll paint a picture that you ain't never seen before. That's what God's wanting to show you is some stuff you ain't never seen before. And nobody's harder to bring revelation to than some jack wagon that's been in the church for 15 years. Because he thinks he knows it. It's quiet in this Presbyterian church. Hello? Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known. Hey, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. You, you know the killer to revival in America today? Stress. Worry. Anxiety. Everybody's so anxious, so stressed, so, you know, so out of time, so out of money, so, so out of energy, that we're anxious about everything. But the Bible teaches us, be anxious for nothing. But in everything... In everything, in any situation, through prayer, supplication. What's prayer? Prayer is taking God's word into God's presence and agreeing with God on that word. See, that, that's how you get to this thing about Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is the greatest level of faith that exists. You, you, you want to move God? Start living by faith. Walk by faith, not by sight. See, we even think that the opposite of faith is doubt. Well, the Bible says the opposite of faith is sight. So don't walk by sight. Don't look at how things are looking. Don't, 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 be, don't be moved by those things. We look not at the things which are perceived by the senses, but at the things which are revealed by the Spirit. For the things which are perceived by the senses, those are temporary things, but the things that are, received, are, are revealed by the Spirit, those things are eternal. You, you know, you, 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 Operating Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving is a declaration of a thing that has been completed. So as you begin to thank God, you, you, you have his word on something. That's called prayer because you got his word, you went into his presence, and you got into agreement with God on his word. You know, that's where a lot of Christians should start. Maybe we should start with a prayer life, not a whining session. Come on, I used to whine and call it prayer. Let me tell you how effective that was. Nah. You know, you know, I used to, man, I'm going to tell you, you know, this, this, uh, this, this God life stuff, it, it's not for the sissified, okay? But, uh, but Jesus, he didn't say if you pray, he said when you pray. And, and when you, you know, and so I thought, well, praying is like, oh, dear God, do something about the snow. Please hurry up and melt it and get it out of here. But the problem is that's not prayer. That's just me venting, okay? Uh, prayer is taking God's word into God's presence and me getting into agreement with God on what God said. So I have, I, I, okay, uh, you know, man, there's chaos in the house, and, and I need peace in my house. Well, I got to go into God's presence and take Isaiah 32, 18, and it says, my people shall dwell in a peaceful habitation. God, I, I, you said that I, I'm going to dwell in a peaceful habitation. I know it's not a promise. It's a commandment. So, God, you got to give me wisdom, insight, revelation. I need some understanding to know how, how, to, how to produce peace in this house. God, your word says I'm going to have a peaceful habitation. And now I just agree with you right now, and I thank you. It's a peaceful house. And I got to tell you something, you get that right and you step back out to the house and you begin to see things differently. 
You're not distracted by the chaos. You're focused on the peace. And the chaos rises up. How many know you can have chaos at home? Anybody got kids? Yeah, your kids know there can be chaos. They live with you. But you can, you can push the chaos to the side, and you can embrace the peace. See, what, what we have to do is uh, we, we have to begin to actually act like believers. So when we say, thank you, Jesus, we, we, when we have a heart of thanksgiving, it is a declaration. What you said, it's done. No word from God will ever fail. Your word will not return into you void without accomplishing the very purpose for which you sent it forth to accomplish. So I just thank it. It's done. I see it done. I'm living like it's done. I'm acting like it's done. I'm talking like it's done. I'm changing the way I think. Hello, somebody. You, you know, First uh, uh, Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns. Some of you guys are going to need to rent a U-Haul. Huh? Just to load that stuff up and bring it down. You know, you, your trip to the altar is going to, you know, you need a semi. Cast all your care, all your anxiety, all your worry, all your concern, once and for all on him. And for he cares affectionately and cares watchfully. Be well-balanced, temperate, sober of mind. Be vigilant and cautious at all times. For the enemy of yours, the devil, roams around like a lion roaring in fierce hunger, seeking someone to seize upon and to devour. You know, you, you can focus on how hard you got hit in life. And you might even think, I didn't only get hit hard, I got hit early. But, but let, me, let me just tell you, you know, whatever your experience, whatever you've gone through, here, here's the deal, is that, you know, and I know some of this stuff is real, man. Some of this stuff is heavy. You know, you, you might have been molested as a kid. You might have been wounded by, by, by a parent. You, you, you might have been destroyed in your past. But I'm going to tell you something. The enemy, he's just looking for entry points because what he wants to do is to break your mind. He wants you to break your mind so that you will look at every future opportunity through the lens of that past experience. And here God is saying, come on, come on over here. I want to call you to a new life. I want to call you to a new future. I want to call you to, to health. I want to call you to prosperity. I want to call you to peaceful habitation. I want to call you to strong relationships. I want to call you to, prov- pr- to provision. I want to get, and, and you keep looking through that old lens. And, and why? Well, because we've granted access to the enemy. He has control in our mind. And we got to get it back. You know, there's just something on the inside of me that's just screaming today. Devil, you can't have my mind. If you can beat it in your mind, you can beat it in your life. If you can beat poverty in your mind, you can have poverty beaten in your house. If you can beat depression in your mind, you can beat depression in your life. If you can beat anger in your mind, you can beat anger in your relationships. If you can beat rebellion in your mind, you can rebeat, oh my Lord, you can rebeat. You can do all of that. See, see, because we just think so crazy. Pastor, you need to pray for me. I think the devil's after my car. He don't drive. Okay? Yeah, but the car keeps breaking down. The devil's coming against my car. The car has 275,000 miles on it, and you ain't never changed the oil. You don't rotate the tires. Man, you know, you left the lights on. That's why your battery's dead because you left the lights on, and and it's not because the devil's in there. 
Some of us need to grow up. We make Christianity look weird. Stupid. You know, the, 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 the devil's after my finances. He ain't shopping. The devil's after my husband. Oh, he don't want him. Devil's after my kids. No, the devil's after your mind. Your devil's at guard your heart above everything else because that's out of there is going to flow every issue of life. You've got to guard your mind. Hello, somebody. You got to get your mind right. You got to realize that what the devil's wanting to do is is he's wanting to frustrate you, he's wanting to confuse you. He, he, he's wanting you to, to, to shift and to move and, and, and to, to not stand on, on the Word of God. He's, want, he's wanting to upset you. Anytime there's an upset, it's because you've been set up. You need to realize he's a liar. I said, he's a liar. I'm taking control of my mind. You can't have my mind. You can't have my mind. Say it with me. You can't have my mind. Say it again. You can't have my mind. Say it loud. You can't have my mind. A little bit louder. You can't have my mind. One more time. You can't have my mind. And that's the declaration that we need to make to the enemy right now as we're moving into a brand new year. No, you don't get to dictate my meditation regarding what God's walking me into. You cannot have my mind. I'm believing that right now that God's unlocking minds. I believe that right now that the chains of bondage are coming off. God's going to free our minds. So we can see a new picture, so that we can believe that there's new hope, there's fresh hope. See, and, and, and uh, we can use the imagination that God's given us. See, a lot of people are afraid that if we teach on imagination, well, people will imagine things that aren't really the will of God for the future. See, my fear is that people will imagine that what they've had in the past is the cap to their existence. And I want you to understand something, that God wants you to, to step out and, and to imagine impossible things. I, I think that God wants to fill you with an unreasonable expectation about the future. I, I, I think God wants you to imagine that your business, this just barely, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's just barely making it, but God wants you to begin to imagine your business really prospering. Not, not only prospering for you, but, but your business is bringing in employees and nothing because they're working for you. Anybody that walks with you gets closer to God. So now the employees are starting to have collisions with God. They're beginning to prosper. Their lives are getting better. I think that God wants you to imagine a future where you, your house, which is broken and the pieces are scattered all across the nation. And I, th- I think God wants you to imagine a future where all those pieces have been brought back together and he's restored and he's refreshed and he's revived and he's renewed. I think God wants you to imagine, I know that you've just been through a, a terrible divorce, but I think God wants you to see a future where, where, where he has a mate that loves God, and, and, and it's just an awesome thing that God has for you. I think God wants you to use your imagination to believe that he can actually do what he said he could do. Peter, Peter had, uh, uh, Peter had a growing experience, didn't he? You know, and he starts off, Peter's always in trouble, but let me tell you something Peter had. Peter had a great imagination. Peter hanging out with Jesus, you know, and Jesus was telling him, man, you, you watch me do the stuff, and anything you see me do, here's the deal. I'm going to be passing the baton, and, and, and you're going to be doing 
the things that I do and greater things that, that, than I've ever done. You guys are going to be doing it. And I want you to begin to see yourself doing it because you're building a life. See, you're building a life, but you can't build anything that you haven't seen. And so you got to see this. you got to see it real because, man, you you're, see these miracles? You guys, you guys are going to be participating in this in just a minute. And Peter began to see himself doing the things Jesus was doing. And then he's out there on that boat and in the middle of a storm, and they look out across the water, and they see something moving across the top of the water, and it freaks them all out. And Jesus said, hey, guys, don't worry. It's just me. And Pete says, well, well, here's the deal. Is Remember what Jesus has been teaching us, that if we see him doing something, then, then we can do it. So, Lord, if that's really you, he didn't say, if that's really you, calm the sea. He didn't say, if that's really you, brighten up the place so we can see your face better. He didn't say, if that's really you, do anything. He just said, if that's really you, tell me to come do what you're doing. That's how I'm going to know it's Jesus. And Jesus said, come. And Peter said, poop. And, and, and he starts climbing out of a boat. And he starts walking uh, uh, on, on top of the water. Look at it, Matthew 14, 30. But when he saw the wind, when he saw the wind boisterous, he got anxious. I'm telling you, the enemy is using anxiety to sink your faith. See, but when he saw, the the word saw, it means to change the focus of your vision and mind. He shifted his mind. He shifted his mind off of what Jesus was doing onto what was going on around him. See, the wind and the waves, they just try, that's just a distraction. It's just the enemy trying to get control of your meditation. He doesn't want you to focus on what, what Jesus is doing in your life. He wants you to focus on, on, on what the wind's doing in your life. And when he saw the wind, boisterous, the word boisterous means a force. His mind shifted. See, it slipped his mind that greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. I've been called out here by Jesus. Man, you've been called by Jesus You've been empowered by Jesus. Now, you got Christ in you. That's the hope of glory. You are in Christ. It's, it's, it's not I that live, but Christ that's living in me. And the same power that raised Christ from the dead is now quickened your mortal body. See, the enemy doesn't want you to understand that. He, he wants you to look at, at, at the wind, boisterous. He wants you to look at the, you know, he, he wants you to look at the fact that, man, you know, this walking on water stuff, who in the right mind would be doing this? He wants you to shift your focus. And it said, he was afraid and beginning to sink. Everybody say beginning. You might be beginning to sink. You might taste salt water in your mouth, but you're not going under. He was beginning to sink. He hadn't sunk. Okay, we always make it bigger than it is. You have not died yet. You are still with us. There is still a hope of tomorrow. That relationship can be restored. Those finances can be re-earned. That future can be rebuilt. I'm telling you, you, you might have began to sink, but you haven't gone under. Man, don't let the enemy lie to you. Don't let the enemy paint a picture that, you, well, we're going to drown over here now. That's not what God said. He said, when you walk through the waters, they won't overtake you. When you're going through the fire, it won't kindle upon you. You better get into prayer, take that word into God's presence, get into agreement with God on that word, and then thank him. That's a done deal. That's a done deal. And, and, and he was afraid and beginning to sing. He, he cried out. Let me tell you something. It wasn't a soft 
gentle whisper. He got loud. He got loud. Man, for some of us in the room, we need to get over that intimidation and quit being so stinking quiet. Well, it's just not my personality. You're thinking wrong. There are moments in life when it's not only okay, it's needful. Just cry out, Jesus! Hello, somebody. And look what happens. He's, oh, by the way, he's, what did he cry out? Lord, that's the title given to the one who has the ability to make decisions in your life. Remember, this was your decision? I mean, he, he, understand the heart of Pete right now. Hey, you told me to come. You made these decisions. You need to make another one. Hurry. Okay? You need to make another one. You need to make a quick decision, Lord. You need help. Save me. Save salvation. Sozo. It's total salvation. Don't leave half of me out here. I need total salvation. And just so you understand, the word me in, in, in the Greek is pronounced me, and it means me. Okay? So there, there, there's a point here where I'm dealing with some real reality. Okay? Me is the one in trouble. Me is the one beginning to sink. Me is crying out, save me. Okay? And, and, and look at the next verse. This is awesome. Verse 31. And, and uh, immediately, everybody shout immediately. immediately. How many of you would like an immediately in your life? Yeah. yeah. Immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him. Immediately. I'm telling you, he knows where you are. He hasn't forsaken you. He hasn't forgotten you. He knows exactly where you're at. And when you cry out, immediately, he stretches forth his hand to start his sermon. Immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand, caught him, and started a little message. O thou of little faith. The word little there is not puny in stature, it's puny in duration. Oh, Pete, you started in faith, but it ended so quickly. You had a short burst of faith. Ever had one of those? Ever had a moment, ever had a moment that you heard God and you went, I'm doing it. And then the second you did it, you went, oh, my Lord. <laughs> That's what Pete had. He said, oh, thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? The word doubt is second thought. Why would you change your mind? See, you think the wind has come. You think the storm has hit. And the circumstances are changing. And now it's adversity. The, st the storm doesn't come to change your situation. The storm comes to change your mind. The circumstance, you define it by what's happening. Well, by definition, circumstance is a circle in which you stand. So if you stand here, this would be my circumstance. When the wind blows, my circumstance has not changed. This is deep. If this is my circumstance, 
and you boo me. My circumstance has not changed. If I assume the circumstance is against me, it will promote the idea to change the circle I stand in. So if I hear from God that this is my end and I take a stand, then the enemy will use the wind, the waves, the storm to try to get me to think the circumstance isn't right. If the circumstance isn't right, then the idea will come to mind, I should change the circle I'm standing in. If you change the circle you're standing in, but you stood there because of his word, to change means to step off his word. And then you say his word failed. No, you didn't stand in the circle. See, the enemy is battling for your mind. He wants to change your mind. Look at the next verse. This is, this is awesome to me. Verse 32, it says, When they came into the ship, the wind ceased. See, you thought when Jesus came into the circumstance, the wind would cease. You thought when I cried out to Jesus, he'll make everything better. That's why you've been in the same storm for 13 years. Because you keep thinking that he's going to change the weather. Now, his word isn't going to empower you to withstand the, storm, you know, the, the, the elements. His word is going to empower you to withstand his word. It's going to empower you to keep your mind. His, his word is empowered to change the way you think. If you receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, it has the power to save your soul the way you think, which will change the way you feel. See, if we can change the way you think about your circumstance, then, then, then you won't move. You'll stand. Why? Because this is where God told me to stand. I'm taking my stand. I'm going to stand and see the salvation of God. This is my circumstance. I'm standing in this circle, and I shall not be moved. Yeah, but have you, can you see the wind? Yeah, I feel the wind. The wind's blowing like crazy. <laughs> but I'm not moving. Why? Because this is where God told me to stand. And his word, his word, man, this is my comfort. This is my, this is my comfort, regardless of the affliction. That even if the elements destroy me, your word will revive me. I ain't moving. I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. I'm not caving in. Why? I'm standing on the promises. I can't change the circle I stand in. I thought if Jesus showed up, life would just get easy. You're thinking wrong. Well, I, I don't think it's my mind. I really think our problem, uh, our problem is money. You're thinking wrong. Devil's got your mind. No, I, you don't understand. We need money. Show me one person in here who doesn't. But what's the circle you're standing in? My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. My God's plan is to prosper me. I ain't moving. I'm not going to move unless I have a definite word from God that says, this is the way, walk ye in it. Make it a left-hand turn. See, you think the problem's with your marriage. No, the problem's with your mind. 
you think the problem is the wind. Nope. The problem is you keep changing your mind. You keep saying, well, this is what God said. But I keep seeing these things. Oh, we walk by faith, not by sight. Well, when's it going to get easy? Heaven. It don't get easier. Just a few more days, huh? Just a few more days. Oh, the blessing of God. Thank you, Jesus. He told me last night he was going to set up a marriage counseling booth in the foyer. Because they're getting married in a couple of weeks. Well, no, it's only like 13 days, right? 12 days? How many days? (laughs) She screwed up already. (laughs) It ain't going to get easier. Can I get a witness? It ain't going to get easier. (laughs) But it's going to get better. See, the blessing of God come with complications. Do you realize that the spiritual protocol for a house, let's just do a little premarital. The, the spiritual protocol of the house, according to God's plan, is that God is going to speak to you, sir. He, you're, you are responsible for the condition of your house. And, and, and he's, he's going to put things in you, and, and it's like seed. And that seed, uh, uh, the, the, the role that you have as the home. See, a, a lot of women wish that their husbands would take the spiritual role in their house, which would mean, though, that the woman's going to have to step out of that position. Okay, back to him. So you have this role, if you do it God's way, and you will deposit things in. in see, you, you, you produce a seed but she's like the incubator, the helpmate, the incubator. She has the role, same, 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 very similar to the Holy Spirit. You, you read the definitions of the Holy Spirit, and you find out that's, that's the same makeup as, as a woman. And, and, and you put seed into her, and she, whatever you put in her, she, she, she incubates, she multiplies. And then she, she broadcasts it, and, and, and it goes out to the rest of the house. You know, you, you put seed in her. I mean, you know, she, she was holding a baby earlier, and she said, won't be long. <laughs> I, don't lie. Do not sit here and lie. I, know, I don't know if that's a secret or not, but she has plans. And, she, you know, and you're going to put seed, and, and she's going to incubate, and she's going to bring forth. Do you know that whatever... Whatever you put into her, she will multiply. So as the man of God, if you put hope in her, you know what she'll produce? A lot more hope. She will give you a lot more of whatever you give her. If you give her peace, she will produce a lot of peace for you. If, if you give her honor, she will produce more honor for you. Men, if you ain't getting no honor, it's because you ain't sown none. Hey, oh, don't clap. Listen. Learn something for just a minute. This is like anointed. Okay? No matter what you put in her, she will multiply and give back to you. So you give her trouble, you get more. A lot more. There's one lady over here who's just thrilled. It's like, God, see what I'm talking about? You better be ready. And, uh, you know, some of you guys need to, some of you guys need to realize that, that, you know what? The, the future that God has for you, man, there's a protocol. There's a protocol. There's a protocol for your life. 
You got to stop changing your mind to disagree with what God called you to agree on. Get in his presence with his word, agree with him, thank him. That's done. It's done. I'm, I'm not changing the circle I'm standing in. I'm holding my ground. Come on, somebody, give God a big praise. God, we magnify you. I want you to close your book, bow your head, and we're going to pray a prayer together. And if you're here today, maybe the first decision is to allow God to be the one who makes the decisions in your life, to allow him to be Lord. You know, we're going to pray this prayer, and maybe you would call it the sinner's prayer. Maybe you've prayed it several times. Maybe you've never even heard of it. But if today you're here and you know that today is the day I need to allow God to be the one that's making decisions for my life, he needs to be Lord of my life. I'm not going to allow money to make my decisions. I'm not going to allow relationships outside of God to make my decisions. I'm not going to allow circumstance to make my decision. I'm not going to let the situation make my, I want God to make my decision. So I'll make this prayer my prayer. If this is good, if this is you today, say, Pastor Tom, I'm making this prayer mine. I just want to agree with you in prayer. So I just want you to hold your hand up real high. Say, I'm making this my prayer. Thank you. 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 It's awesome. I want everybody in this place to pray this with me. To say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love. I need your acceptance. I need your forgiveness. I need your direction. I need you to be Lord. Be Lord of my life. Change me from the inside out. Change the way I think. Change the way I feel. Change the outcome I experience. I surrender to you today. Thank you for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for setting me free. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Come on, let's give the Lord another shout, another praise. Come on, celebrate.